the grimy basement of MSU's Holden Hall, where five something or others sit around contemplating the big questions of cinema, society, and this week, commencement. This is Nearly Clickbait, an MSU Telecasters podcast in association with Impact 89 FM. This week's episode, let's make a ton of podcasts with your hosts, George McNeil, Brett Batten, and Rebecca Sharp. Brett, Rebecca, how are we doing? Uh, Rebecca's last name is Sharpay. It is not Sharpay. It is Sharp with a silent E. <laughs> Just like Pterodactyl. <laughs> Imagine using that as an example and then saying it's Pterodactyl. <laughs> well, enough with this. We, uh, we are very excited to launch our first episode of this podcast. And first we're going to do a little segment called Tell Me Everything, where we're going to have some casual and cute banter with some of the faces behind the scenes of MSU Telecasters. Let's get it started with our executive producers in studio. Please give a big hand for Amanda Hackbert and Megan Palladino. Come on. How are we doing today? Uh, Doing well, George. Happy to be here. I'm doing fine, you know. (laughs) Chilling. Let's get serious for a second. So you both were producers in Telecasters before you took on the role of executive producing. Well, first, actually, tell us what Telecasters is about. Um, Telecasters is a video production network um, or studio, I guess. Yeah, studio. It's a studio. Um, Yeah, so it's one (laughs) studio but six shows. Uh, We're the second largest student organization. We used to be the second largest. We're a large student organization. (laughs) We're dropping out ranks. We still use the second largest tagline. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no one's. We're pretty big. We're impressive. It's like behind bands, so like we're pretty high up there. We've been around for a very long time. Yes, we're We're above Greek life for sure, though. So old. Yeah. Speaking of being super old, the show I used to be the producer of, um, the show. Uh, that's the title of it, and it confuses everyone, but it is America's longest-running college sitcom, so it's got that little tag to it. When did nice. it start? Was it... Uh, it was, like, early, mid-early 80s. Yeah, it's somewhere like around there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, I should It's have pretty old. It's so, it's so old that when I came to MSU and I was like, yeah, I'm in Telecasters, and, like, telling people about what I was doing at Michigan State, my uncle went, wait, I used to be in Telecasters, and he used to work on the show. Really? Oh, uh-huh. really? I didn't yeah. know that. That's fun. That's a fun fact about me. <laughs> fun fact about Amanda. Yes. Nice. So I'm a legacy. <laughs> fun fact about me. I, when I was a freshman, we did auditions back then, like actual auditions where you could get rejected. Mm-hmm. I auditioned for the show as a writer. They rejected me. <laughs> they rejected writers? No. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Okay. I know. This was before, this was like during, at the very tail end of like the yeah. show bigness like yeah. it used to be it was a it big was show. huge it was, it was huge and then a lot everyone of graduated. graduated and a it was ton. like after like they did auditions and so like they didn't have as big a cast for like the show and then everyone graduated and then like joe sure. joey had to like haul it on his back trying to like keep it alive and then he passed it off to me who was a little freshman who hadn't like run right. anything before but i kept it alive and it was mm-hmm. good all by yourself, too, yeah. for a whole semester. Heck yeah. Well, specifically about the show, how would you describe it as, like, what's your log line for the show? Yeah, so we describe it as um, it's a bunch of friends who own a bar, and then, like, we go wild with that premise. Because, like, the show's, it's one continuing show, so it technically has, 
like, like an arc. one plot. Yeah. Yep. But it's hard because people always graduate, so we can't like keep right. the same characters. And uh it's like, like grassy. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> the um, next generation. Recently we've been calling it uh like friends on a budget is what <laughs> what the tagline has been. Uh but like at one point we just jumped dimensions because all of the cast graduated except for one guy. So we just said, Hey, this is our link. Surprise, you're in a new dimension. Go make friends. <laughs> Perfect. Wait, straight yep. up, was that a premise? Yeah, that was, was a premise. A so we're dimension? we're in dimension B. It's the Mandela effect. I yeah. do remember that that, so uh, cool. that was before, like, that. like um, that was a similar concept that they did when one of the main characters also graduated, but it was just the one. Mm-hmm. And they got really meta. They showed the entire like set and yeah. the so that was actually the character who they brought to the second dimension for it, um, because he was the only one who stayed in. So then when he left, he got to like go out into like the world and then he was actually dating a girl who was still on the show and they got engaged and so then when she came off the show the next year which Mm -hmm. was the year I was producing um, we had him come back and like explain hey you forgot about me because I had to leave this dimension but I still love you will you please come with me and then they like yeah Mm -hmm. and they walked up into a portal together yeah they are married in real life yeah that sounds like a Star Trek plot now that's so sweet and that's the nice thing about like being like such a like a student organization that like mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. the audience understands like there's gonna be there's they're a lot like, of turnover. yeah sure of course that could happen and so like now they're like going back to their roots and they're like doing more simple things like I think they're planning a bar fight this year so yep. they're like yep. yeah let's just go for I'm gonna like be in that I'm gonna be a frat boy oh heck yeah <laughs> so excited to see it but like they're focusing on the bar aspect now instead of like let's get away from the meta things that mm-hmm. were happening right. well yeah. let's let's transition over to your multi camera. Cousin? Um, <laughs> Cousin? The, the show that Megan produced, The Beaumont Bulletin. Megan, what was your involvement in that? Um, well, I started as a writer when mm-hmm. I was a freshman, and then I became associate producer, and then I became producer for two years. Um, yeah, Beaumont is awesome. It's a parody news show. Um, that's like, what was that? Gang, gang. Oh. gang sign okay. for Beaumont. Yeah. You, you know people can't see when you do hand know, gestures. But- in a podcast. But we can see it, and that's the <laughs> only important thing. That is fellow podcast. Anyways, back to Beaumont Bulletin. Like, yeah, so it's... Um, and it's similar to, like, The Daily Show, uh, Weekend Update, but mm-hmm. uh, not as good. Um, <laughs> uh, it's even better, that's what I'd say. I mean... Megan, put Well, no, in. here's the thing, is back when I started, Beaumont was really small. It was about four, three or four years old when I started. Mm-hmm. Um and so, like, it was a skeleton crew. Like, I ran all three cameras at one point and also was floor director. Um, we had a director. We didn't have a script soup. We didn't have a script soup until last year, mm-hmm. um, which made editing thing, very yeah. difficult. Um, but, yeah, it started as a skeleton crew. And the way we kind of had fun was we were all friends first. kind, Or it was, it was kind of like we loved Beaumont, even though we knew it wasn't good. It wasn't. It was terrible when we started. It wasn't funny. It wasn't. But it was about the process. It was that's about the yeah. process, yeah. and that's why we stayed there. And then very slowly, like people joined in because it, I think it was like a fun environment. Um, right. And I had the philosophy of if people want to be there, then they'll be there, um, and that worked. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it was fine. Well, in that mentality, also, this is a question for both of you now, mm-hmm. like that directly carries over to now your new roles mm-hmm. as executive producers. So what's that been like? Well, first of all, talk about kind of what, what your roles as executive producers are, but then talk about maybe like what the transition from your old roles to that has been like. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, 
Amanda and I both had the experience of being solo producers. What do we do? It's a lot of management, I'd say. So yeah. that is something with like being um, sole producers. Like there is a jump from uh, like being on crew or cast to producing. Like already that's more management, but mm-hmm. executive producing is just another level of it because there's like you're not in charge of a show anymore. So you're not in charge of a creative aspect of it, with the exception of maybe like how Telecasters is marketed to campus or the world Mm -hmm. um but it's a lot more things of making sure like uh people are working cohesively together and making sure that telecasters stays alive and like how we want to like not only maintain telecasters but it's more like what are things within our realm and also it's just a lot of problem solving like the weird things that just come up all the time where we're like hey this is something that needs to be fixed right coordinating the technical equipment Mm -hmm. yeah what what was the moment where you kind of realized like i feel I feel welcome here. I feel like I can contribute. I really enjoy this. I came to Telecasters because I used to be like into theater in high school and mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't going to like major in that, but I wanted to do something with production or uh, like acting originally. Um, and then I came to Telecasters and I was like, oh, I would love to do that because I'd always been interested in film. And then I went to the um, like audition things we were doing at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Now they're called one-on-ones, but um, like I think that was probably where I first decided that I really like Telecasters, especially because some of those interviews, specifically I remember my interview for Turn with um, Jasmine and Marsha, just like they s- <laughs> I had listed that I could do costume design because I, I had made my own costume for Renaissance Festival. And then they started like excitedly chattering together. They're like, yeah, we could totally do like this alien sketch or something and like costume stuff. And I'm like, just sitting there like, what's going on? They're like, oh, by the way, you're in like whatever. <laughs> yeah. And just like that casual atmosphere of like, yeah, you're here and like, we'll figure out what you can do and you'll just have a good time here. That was really mm-hmm. great. Right. And I think there's a lot of like preconceived notions that because it's located in, in you know, com arts that it's exclusive to com arts students. Yeah, it that's is not. definitely a thing. Yeah, well, no. exa- yeah, case in point, Brett is from Broad. Brett's in yep. marketing. I'm mm-hmm. marketing and that's what I try to do here. But as it, marketing director, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hopefully that's, you do my, that. <laughs> that's my job title. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I found out about Telecasters like completely by accident as participation. But <laughs> mm-hmm. it's. I've been, I think this is the sixth or seventh club I've tried out, and it's the only one that I actually feel like I want to continue with ever. I mean, that's why I wanted to join eBoard, because I figured it's a nice, like, I still have, yeah, I still have, like, (laughs) two years after this left, so might as well. Well, and Brett, you kind of already talked about yours, but, like, you found it at participation. What were your first impressions? Um, I mean, I... At first, I was just trying to look for clubs that I wanted to do. It wasn't until I like later and went to the open house that I really understood what Telecasters was. Uh, and I think the I really like comedy and like writing comedy, but I mean, I took a more easy, like safe approach with marketing and stuff like that, uh, just to you know be able to get a job maybe hopefully after graduation. Um, but it was mainly the people. I think that really 
cemented the fact that I wanted to be part of it. I mean, yeah. like at the one on ones for Giraffe House, you guys made me sit on a toilet and you all <laughs> sat around me. That's true. Yeah, that, so, that was a choice. It was just, it, it was just a. It's a nice way to get out of my comfort zone because I feel like I didn't yeah. do that enough, right? Uh, previously, and I want. It's a good opportunity to do that, whether I'm just on set around people that I like or if I'm writing or acting. It's a, it's a great way to be able to do it. Megan, what about you? Um, I mean, I was a film studies major when I joined, uh, like when I started college, uh, mm-hmm. which is in a, it's not in com arts. Um, it's in arts and letters. It's arts yep. and letters. Uh, yeah. uh, but my roommate was, a, is a theater major. Um, and she heard about it, uh, and dragged me over to the auditions. I saw Beaumont and I was like, F- yeah. Um, Apologies for swearing. Um, <laughs> okay, we yeah. can. Well, what attracted you to Beaumont? Like, what were you like? This um, is it. I love comedy. Um, I like the idea of political satire. I'd only just started getting into the Daily Show. Um, like before that, comedy wasn't really a huge thing in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. But then I was like, oh wait, this looks really cool. I also auditioned for the show for as a writer, as I said before, because um, mm-hmm. I I loved writing. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a screenwriter. Um, and honestly, I could not tell you why I stuck around, um, <laughs> mostly because, like, we could get heavy and I could talk about my sphere anxiety. But, uh, like, it was very difficult for me to get anywhere yeah. besides classes. And tele- Beaumont meetings were the only thing that, like, was the only other thing that I went to. Sure. Um, which, honestly, I think about it a lot. I don't know why I continued going. Um, but, it was just something about it. But... It was like seven people all sitting in a small room. And then it went down to like five people once two other people decide not to keep showing up. Um, And I don't know. I just loved it when I I pitched one of my first characters um, and everyone laughed really hard. And I was like, holy shit, I love this. Um, And so I just kind of stuck around and I really loved it. Yeah. And Rebecca, anything from you? So... As a freshman, I joined the spring semester, so it was very hard for me to find anything. I had to, like, scroll through the MSU clubs and organizations to even find something. Um, And then, so, the fall of my freshman year, obviously, being a major in com arts, I, like, saw a poster, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. And I was like, I'll just see what it is, and I went, and they seemed cool. Uh, I joined Sideshow and Beaumont, which I am both in, and I have, like head positions and I love both those shows very much but just like some of the people in there I like they are my, my best friends now and it's just like that the instant connection that we had I'm yeah. like I honestly cannot imagine my life not being in telecasters and being with the people and just creating the stuff and getting experience mm-hmm. and all that all yeah. that jazz same so, yeah mm-hmm. same I feel that we're just a big happy cult around here. Yeah, I like that. Telecaster is a big happy cult. <laughs> we yeah. are, and, uh, to, and for, for my own. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, George. What about you? Yeah. Um. So I started. Well, my college experience has been weird. I started in Lyman Briggs, <laughs> wanting to do computer science. Um, and uh, I quickly found out that wasn't for me. Like I. I in high school, you know, I was also in theater. Like I, I was really interested in like creative writing and like just trying to do something more on like just entertainment and bringing people something that they would enjoy. <laughs> and uh, so freshman year, I was like really down the dumps. I was like, man, Lyman Briggs is not for me. So then I, I started transitioning over to media and information because um, just I had heard about it from friends and people. And uh, I saw this poster for, uh, I've been, I was involved in Giraffe House only last year, but this year I've kind of jumped into, I think every show. 
Um, and we appreciate that. Thank you. Um, but I just saw this poster and the show, the concept was interesting because they were like, for that show, they were like, think it's always sunny mixed with adult swim, which to me was like, well, that's, that's an interesting concept. Like I'd love to be a part of that. And then I also noticed like one of the names of the contact, this is more strange, I guess. <laughs> Ryan Carlson was a name on there and he was the son of my doctor back home. <laughs> And like, I don't know where this came from, but just I just remember going to my doctor's office. He'd be like, "Yeah, my, my son, my son goes to MSU. You know, he's Ryan. He's uh, doing film stuff." And I'd just be like, "Okay, cool. okay, cool, <laughs> like, doctor. okay, doctor." Good to know. <laughs> but then I, I put two together. I was like, "Oh, this is someone I know from my hometown." Like, you know, and I reached out and I got involved and I started, you know, writing and directing and all this stuff. And like, mm-hmm. the same things you all just said, just like that sense of community and just like a creative collaborative space. Um, like and it wasn't even ultimately about like the end goal it was just about mm-hmm. the process and learning like just learning all these cool skills i think for a lot of people like there's a, there's a big opportunity for you know just getting that creative collaboration out of it and just kind of you know something even if it's not directly related to your long term goals it can bring you a lot of like just interesting perspectives and just a fun thing to do we're going to start our next segment called Pitch Graveyard. Uh, basically, this is where all of the jokes, ideas, scripts, and souls of telecasters <laughs> go to die. Uh, Great. So we're going to start off, because we're shooting at Impact, uh, thank you to Impact for letting us do this even, uh, we're going to take a look at something that Giraffe House wrote for Impact if we ever did an advertisement, which uh, George apparently doesn't like the sound of that. Well, not that I don't like the sound of it, it's just I don't know if it'd ever be made because <laughs> it's just in a bit of, yeah, a bit of an obscure not. product. Yeah, alright. I guess, speaking quick, as the producer of Giraffe House, um, this was submitted by our head writer Josh Hornstein. Um, Josh, Josh has been with Giraffe House for like three years. He's a good sport. We're very proud of him. And yeah, well, he wrote this when he was a freshman. And uh, Oh, it's he, that old, huh? Yeah, so, mm-hmm. but I just thought this was perfect. Just the fact that it is written as an advertisement to be read on air. So, um, Brett, did you want to cast it or do you want me to cast it out? Oh, you go for it. You're a producer, man. All right, well, I'll read the action. Um, Brett, do you want to be an announcer? I Meg- got that. Yeah. Megan, do you want to be Olivia? Sure. And uh, who wants to be Ryan. I feel stupid. Which one are we on again? We're on the impact ad. All right. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Very cool. Amanda Uh, will be playing Ryan. Um, So for further context, the characters Olivia and Ryan are former producers for the Giraffe House program. So they would be doing the reading. But you know what? Enough about that. Here we go. Here's the impact ad for Giraffe House. Starting with the announcer. Brought to you from the MSU Telecasters, it's the Giraffe House! Clapping and cheering noise are in the background, as if someone was entering a stage. So, what exactly is Giraffe House? Giraffe House is a comedy skit club at Michigan State University that creates funny and wacky videos. It's like if you took Adult Swim, Comedy Central, The Animal Planet, and a jar of knives, threw it into a blender, and just went for it. So, what is one of the best qualities of your club? Well, you enter the giraffe house weird, and you leave even weirder. You should all check us out. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Check out some of their giraffe house skits on their YouTube channel, The Giraffe House, for some fun videos that will knock your socks off. And Slate. Yay! (laughs) That's just like, woo! (laughs) Woo! 
Wow, that was a wild ride. Okay. <laughs> it was well, like I was actually listening to a radio ad. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It's crazy. But uh, the Giraffe House, this isn't a normal script that they do. They have a lot of great stuff out. Um, if you want to check them out, their Instagram is Giraffe House MSU, Facebook, The Giraffe House MSU, and YouTube, The Giraffe House. Go check them out. They have a lot of good stuff. Is this a continuation of the ad? <laughs> it can True be fact. now. <laughs> All right. So now nice. we're going to actually move on to our second script. Do we want to do Wizards and Raptors first? Yes. Or which yeah, one are we doing? Yeah, yeah we'll Wizards do that. Wizards versus All Raptors. All right. And this one is from Megan's former show, uh, Beaumont Bolton. Yeah, the yeah. Beaumont Bulletin. This was written by uh, AJ, uh, a former produ- co-producer of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. He graduated two years ago, I think. Yes. Um, All right. Uh, so we've got Katie and Wizard. I will do action since there's only two of them. Uh, uh, Rekka, you want to be Katie? Or actually, no, I like... Did you just um, call me Rekka? I said Rebecca. <laughs> Rekka? All I heard was Rekka. Rekka Sharpay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, actually, I liked how we did it when uh, we... Uh, cold red yeah. before. So yeah, Amanda, if you want to be Katie, and then sure Brett, thing. if you want to be Wizard. It's the role I've always wanted. <laughs> it's the role you were born to play. Yeah. All right. A car washing wizard. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't throw my past at me. <laughs> All right, here's Wizard. Wizards v. Raptors, Not What You Think by AJ. Interior Studio E. With the NBA playoffs upon us, we take a look at the first round matchup between the Toronto Raptors, led by all-star DeMar DeRozan, and the Washington Wizards. Here with us is an actual member of the Wizards. Katie turns to see an actual wizard. Uh-oh, um... There was a misunderstanding. I see. You are... An actual wizard, yes. Of course. But I can do my best. I played sports ball at the Wizarding Academy, so... Okay, whatever. So, do you think the Wizards are intimidated at all? Being the 8 seed and the Raptors being the 1 seed. You see, Wizards aren't afraid of numbers or seeds. What we are afraid of is Raptors. They are vicious man-eating monsters who prey on fragile beings such as myself. That doesn't really have anything to do with... Plus, they can fly and I have my wand, but they can still avoid spells. So, how do you feel you, I mean the Washington Wizards, will do without your, there, uh, star point guard John Wall? Well, Katie, that is an excellent question, and I don't know. Uh, I can tell you, however, if I were hurt, I'd use a spell to make myself not hurt. It's called Unhurtiamos. It's a combination of my two favorite spells. Very insightful. (laughs) Can we focus on the basketball game, though? For instance, there has been a lot of tension this year between the refs and the players. Do you think that will play a role in this series? I do. Oh, really? Why is that? Ref. Short for reflection potion. Nope. Uh, Has a serious tactical advantage for any wizard who can make his or her opponent confused. Well, I think that's enough. I hate to say it, but any prediction on who wins? Um, Raptors in six. Wait, what? The end. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. That one definitely should have been made. Honestly, like, if we got his permission, do you think we'd be able to make it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, The question is, actually, no, I I could text him. Um, You know what would be good? mm -hmm. I just thought of this. If we, like, did it, but because it's, like, written by someone, it was, like, a couple years ago and stuff like that, we put it in, like, a weird black and white filter, (laughs) and it's, like, recovered from the Beaumont archives. From 20... 
17? Yeah, the, yeah, bo- the Beaumont so archives run very deep. Yeah, <laughs> Two so years deep. Back. A whole, a whole, I think it's actually at eight years now, mm-hmm. Beaumont. You're almost 10. I'll be yeah, a fifth year just to be a 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. but, I, I was but good though, right? Yeah, you were magical. Yeah, no, Brett, you, were, it, Brett. you were fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I needed the ego boost. It's been, yeah. a, it's been a rough semester so far. Yeah, and Amanda, yeah. You, did a, you did a pretty good Katie. Pretty Thanks. good. Pretty. What I was oh, wait, born Amanda's for. here? I thought Only Katie was pretty. here. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty uh, good. For those who don't know, Katie was a former host of Beaumont Bulletin. Uh, Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. You, so cool. Has, has any you. of you guys met Katie? You I met pro- Katie at, you before the Albies. Yeah. And then I know Manda yeah. has. I barely know any of you as it is. So. All right. <laughs> yeah, that makes fair. sense. Who are you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do any of us know who we are? No. That's why we're in college, well, paying tons of yeah. thousands of dollars so someone will to tell us. figure it out, yeah. This is the price Girl, of being a, a fifth year in Telecasters, is everybody that I know has graduated, and so most people don't know who they are. And I love has Well, that's died. the thing, you know. Essentially. That goes back to what we said earlier about just it being a student organization. You'll get like, oh, do you remember uh, You remember when they were involved? Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, like, no, ago. I don't. And as a who? freshman, you're like, huh? That is the thing about like dynamic personalities, like the super extroverted people. Everybody knows them when they're here, but as soon as like they're gone long enough, they're nobody like knows ghost. them. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're a legend. They never yeah. existed. Legacies aren't really a thing at colleges. Yeah, the Katie actually... did come back for the Alfrescos. <laughs> yeah, uh, Alfrescos, <laughs> the Albies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm getting deep. Perfect in... transition because our next script is called Alfresco Chess Murder, hey. also by Beaumont Bulletin. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to cast this one out too, former well, actually, Beaumont Before producer. that, would you mind explaining what Alfresca is in the context of the Beaumont format? Yes, please. So, oh yeah, I don't um, know that either. Alfresco, <laughs> when I was, uh, it was my first year producing with AJ actually, um, we decided to change up the format because it used to just be, it was like five minutes of straight headlines, like it was headline joke, headline joke for five minutes, maybe an interview sprinkled in there. Um, so... It was very, that's why I, I say it was bad. It wasn't funny. It was kind of just, <laughs> that's monotonous. a lot. It was monotonous. Um, so we changed it up to debate at the desk, interviews and headlines. And then alfrescos, which are like, um, they're like little shorts, uh, skits, like the video skits you would find on SNL kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, they are still news related uh, in some way. Uh, but yeah, they're just like, Shorts that don't necessarily fit into the episode. I don't know why it's called Alfresco. Um, it's just it up, the name. I remember stuck. we talked about changing. Yeah. I like someone brought it up about changing it this year, and then I was like, no, there's like a reason. There's it's named that. And we looked what? it up. What's and, it mean? Alfresco. Yeah, what does it mean? Because like, I always that sounds thought like it was an like, Olive Garden dish for sure. It does. Right? Yeah. 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 So the Alfresco. Al- Al- Alfresco. Uh, <clears throat> Al- Adverb in the open air. So yeah, kind of just like. So I thought Alfresco things were like originally supposed to be things like shot on location like yeah. how that it was too. tailgating things so that made sense with like yeah out that in the too open. that right. too um it was just anything that yeah wasn't in our normal didn't fit in the newsroom yeah. yeah so then if it was like out on a location other than the studio that makes sense this one yeah. this one feels more like dateline nbc oh a hundred this is yeah. like yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a dateline uh spoof oh well let's get into it yeah. all right cool um so we've got Narrator. Can uh, I do narrator again? Yeah, sure. You, uh, Rebecca you. is going to be narrator. Can I do narrator? Mike Griffin. <laughs> uh, who's going to be Mike Griffin? I think that was me when we read it. All right, Brett, you are Mike Griffin. Um, Cat. I can be Cat. Awesome. George. Meow. Janitor. Meow. Amanda. I'll be janitor. And then I will be mom in a different voice. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. 
so this is Chess Club, written by Travis, a former Beaumont Bulletin member. Um, all right. Fade in. We all know Jeffrey Dahmer. Archive footage of Dahmer. Ted Bundy. Archive footage of Ted Bundy. And the Zodiac Killer. Footage of Ted Cruz. <laughs> but few know the story of Garrett Nelson. Original footage of our very made-up character Garrett Nelson drinking water from a fountain. Fade to black. Super, the Beaumont Bulletin presents Chess Club. Interior, classroom, or something. Every Tuesday, the Michigan State University Chess Club meets to skirmish. People playing chess. November 17th, 2017, however, was different. Interior, talking head, <gasps> Mike. Garrett was my first friend when I joined Chess Club. <laughs> He was the only friend I had that didn't give me weird looks for picking the marshmallows out of my lucky charms. I only eat the oats. Interior classroom. On that day, Sebastian Smith, a freshman at MSU, decided to attend chess club for the first time. Sebastian, wearing a lanyard on his neck, enters the classroom. Interior talking head, Mike. This new kid shows up completely full of joy to see the twinkle in his eyes across the room. Garrett was chess club president at the time. He introduces the kid to some veteran members, then offers to play him in a friendly match. Reenactment of Sebastian Garrett playing. Interior talking head, Cat. They sit down to play, and Garrett asks, Oh, how experienced of a player are you? The kid says he's a novice, and Garrett assures him it's, Oh, no problem. But I saw the look on his face. I knew something was up. <laughs> but I didn't know what. Subtle devious look on Garrett's face. Interior talking head, janitor. I'm there sweeping the floor, peeping some games, just like any other Tuesday. I passed by this particular game going on, and I couldn't believe my eyes. Just this absolutely disgusting scholar's mate on a kid that didn't know the first thing about chess, or life, really. He was wearing a lanyard. <laughs> he shrugs. Interior, IDK at this point. <laughs> A scholar's mate is a four-move win in chess, and a strategy that beginners often fall victim to. Visual that slightly assists with this explanation. Interior talking head, Mom. My baby didn't deserve what happened to him. They say it can happen to anyone, but you don't believe it until it does. Interior talking head, Mike. He's eating cereal. Mike? <laughs> I was getting there, getting in character. Sorry. It, it was ruthless. Garrett just left the room cackling like a madman. Interior, B-roll again. To this day, Sebastian has not touched another chess piece and screams at the sight of checkered patterns. Garrett Nelson is still at large. Please alert the police if you have any information regarding his whereabouts. Finn. <laughs> Finn! Yay! 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 I I think one thing about this script that like definitely doesn't translate when you're like reading it is just like all the visual gags. Yeah. yeah. Like, like those supers. Well, how, how would you technically explain supers? A super is like any, it's kind of like text on screen. Like lower um, third? Like. Yeah, lower third text on screen, typically like in the bottom left-hand corner, just kind of describing who this person is. You'd see it a lot in like documentaries. Mm -hmm. Um you get yeah, their like name, so and so, vice president. Mm -hmm. Like it's that sort of thing. It's their job title or how they're relevant to the piece. Yeah, my wow. favorite that like would have been great on screen is uh, 
Which one is it? It's is the it one. Mike? It's the Mike one that says, "Just gave me all the marshmallows from his Lucky Charms." <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> each super changes. With first Mike just being MSU chess club member, and that goes to weird f- tasted cereal because he picks out the marshmallows. And then what is it after? And that? And then just gave me all the marshmallows yep. from his Lucky Charms. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's like that's just a good gag, but it doesn't really translate on. See, air. my favorite super though is the mom where it's super victim's mom. Oh my god, we forgot to get her. <laughs> name because <laughs> that's just such a thing you learn like during the editing you're like wait oh no wait shit <laughs> I, forgot. Lo- I love those notes like on in screens or movies or like even in videos where they're like they turn to the camera they're like hey can you cut this like can you make sure this doesn't yeah. show in the video and then you're watching it happening yeah. like, well, yeah. they're yeah. like yeah remember. nailed it <laughs> it's wonderful so brett how did you method act to become mike um you know it was a really hard role, actually, because I remember when I was a kid, my mom stopped buying Lucky Charms for me because I only ate the marshmallows. <gasps> so trying to be mm. the very antithesis of who I really am was That's hard. a big challenge. It yeah. sounds yeah. like you. A lot of respect. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. you really dug deep for that one. Yeah. It was it was like Daniel Day-Lewis trying to be Abraham Lincoln, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I um, would say it was even... Yeah. It sounds like it was even more de- in deep, like yeah. in depth than that. In deep. Mm-hmm. In deep. In deep. <laughs> it, in deep. <laughs> it was very... Yeah, it, it was a tough one. But Took you to a I, yes. I feel like I'm a way better person in general. Yeah. It's like putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Like. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you saw the empathy, healthy side. sympathy, and, now you and know you don't everything else. Go to that. All the empathies. Yeah. Though yeah, I, all the thieves. Thieves. Though, uh, I also don't like the marshmallows in Lucky Charms. What? Interesting. I find they no, taste I, like I understand. Not, I mean, no, they taste I like agree. styrofoam. They're, not like real They're styrofoam sugar that you don't need in your <coughs> diet. So, but like also like Lucky <sighs> Charms in general. Like, do we need? Okay, like, so okay, eighty percent of the things I eat don't belong Excuse in my diet. No, I just think they taste gross. They don't no. taste like anything. They are weird. Fred no. is getting visibly upset. That's why this is also an educational podcast. Uh-huh. We deliver facts. Do you like that, people at Impact? <laughs> <laughs> you like that? We're educated. This is Hollywood, baby. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Speaking so, of Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Good oh, segment. <laughs> I mean, segue. Yes. Oh, one more thing. Beaumont oh. Bulletin. They produce yes. a lot of great content, a lot of different uh uh, different segments that we talked about here. If you want to go see more of their stuff, their Instagram is the Beaumont Bulletin Network, one of the longest Instagram names we have. Uh, Facebook is the Beaumont Bulletin, and YouTube is just Beaumont Bulletin. And that's all the time we have for this segment. And now we're going to Rebecca for staying relevant. Hey everybody, uh, my name is Rebecca and I'm going to be hosting Staying Relevant, which is pretty self-explanatory because we're trying to stay relevant in an an age of... Oversaturation. Yeah, that's the word. (laughs) Um, So we decided to talk about the movie Tusk. Um, So a couple weeks ago... Not that it is relevant. No, but I mean... (laughs) In, t- in telecasters, I guess, in a small portion, it's kind of relevant. Yeah, yeah. So a couple weeks ago, uh, George was kind enough to host a movie, a bad movie night. So uh, a good amount of people from telecasters, we all got together mm-hmm. and we decided on the movie Tusk. <laughs> and um, Megan and Amanda were not there for that, but Brett, no. George, and I um, have all seen the masterpiece Had slash monstrosity. the misfortune of being there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, really. um, what... What did you think the movie was going to be about? I guess, like, did you know anything about the movie beforehand or? Um, I, I, my girlfriend actually made me watch it a while ago. So I knew the whole premise, but seeing it a second time 
it didn't make it any less uh, scarring. Um, so, okay. yeah, I knew the whole premise of the movie, knew what was going to happen, which was fun to be able to mess with people then yeah. because I knew what was happening. But like, it, it's just an interesting movie. And see, for me, I've had like, I've had this contextual, like, secondhand knowledge of this movie because in the Giraffe House, like, we have a writer's room Facebook page, as almost all of our shows do. And the, the cover photo for our page is a poster of Tusk. And that's been there since I joined as a, a, a sophomore, or oh, whenever I joined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I thought you guys changed that because no, we watched Tusk. No, that that's day. been there since I started. And I was like, what is this oh. movie? And, and Josh and the former head writer, uh, Veronica, they always had these, like, in jokes where they're like, Imagine, imagine if we wrote a Tusk sequel and everyone would just be like, what's Tusk? And they're like, <laughs> it was it was like your parents being like, you'll watch it when you're older. Well. <laughs> so like, I never knew anything about it. I just knew it had something to do with walruses. And I, I think that's a good transition point. I'm glad that yeah. that is involved, like walruses. I'm afraid of saying I'm glad that's involved, but I was afraid well, it was You're gonna- not going to be glad. Oh, no, you're yeah, going to be glad about anything. Glad. Well, do you guys know anything, uh, Megan Amanda, do you know anything about the movie or just that we've mentioned it? Yes, I know it's called Tusks. Tusks. It's, Tusks. No it's actually Tusk plural. Tusks. Um, I'm assuming it's about, I assumed it was about like a walrus or something. Yeah. Um, you, you are not say wrong. That. Yeah. But you're not totally right. Okay, so. But yeah, I don't know. For me watching the movie, I guess I'll just try to explain it real quick and you yeah. guys can fill in holes. Yeah, yeah. So, Great. ironically, it's this podcaster, him and his friend, they have podcasts, and um, the one of the guys goes to Canada to interview this kid. He ends up not being there. And so he's like, crap, well, I got to interview someone while I'm in Canada. And then he sees an ad in a bathroom for this guy. Um and the ad, or it's like a, a handwritten ad. It's pretty much saying like, I've lived a full life. I have so many stories to tell and all this yada yada. And the podcaster, do you remember, what's the character's name? Do you remember it? Uh, Give me one second. It oh, was Wallace. Wallace. Oh yeah. Wallace How did we forget that? Because it was like Walrus, Wal- Wallace. So yep. Wallace, he um is like, oh shit, like this is perfect. He calls his podcaster buddies like, I found this guy. I'm going to go interview him. I'll see you in the end, at the end of the week. Yeah. So he goes to this guy's house and they're kind of just talking. Wallace is kind of being immature and stupid and just kind of saying. He's just almost, he's almost trying to get like a rise out of him, but he's also just trying to get material for yeah. recording. His podcast. And Which yeah. for... An interesting point there was this entire time that he was talking to this man, he wasn't recording a damn thing. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. (laughs) I I really appreciate that on a cinematic level. (laughs) Interesting interesting. or... some uh, script soup didn't do their job. <laughs> yeah, that's very true as well. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, should I spoil the movie? I mean, it kind of already spoils spoil itself. Spoil. Or should I, I just say spoiler alert? And then... Yeah. Yeah, spoil, spoiler. If you have not seen the movie Tusk... And you want to for some odd reason... You're not missing much, but yeah, spoilers ahead for oh, Tusk. Yeah, spoilers ahead. Three, so, two, one, go. Okay, so the guy basically drugs him with the tea that he gives him, and he passes out. And then Wallace wakes up in this wheelchair, and he's like really just like conked out. He's like, what? And everything. And... He turns into a walrus. You're not, yeah, that's literally it. I knew so it. Basically, well, it's not as abrupt as that. It's no. So basically the old guy has this weird obsession with this walrus because when he was in the war, he got stranded or something and a walrus kept him company. 
And he had this weird connection with walruses and he goes, walruses are superior to man and everything. And he wanted to, oh, he named the walrus Mr. Tusk. And so he wanted to, he wanted, uh, he needed another Mr. Tusk in his life. So basically he kidnapped this podcaster named Wallace um, and basically with surgical. He cuts off Wallace's leg and then essentially sews it together. Yeah. Yeah. He cuts off both of his legs. Later. I guess graphic warning too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pardon me. He cuts off both of his legs and he sews him a little walrus costume made out of human skin. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, and oof. well, there's some walrus. Stuff. Well, I mean, let's not, you know, yeah, let's not skip on the fact that this guy had some walrus parts laying around. So I mean, you know, well, it yeah. wasn't walrus parts. It was like all human parts that he turned what? into a walrus. Yeah. Oh, so the tusks were even made of. Well, I guess not that well, part. Yeah, the, not that part. But like, well, like all the you... skin that made up that Wallace costume. Oh, no, no, like yeah. Was I was talking about the tusks. Hu- oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, the tusks. The tusk, yeah. I don't know where. Well, he well, he could did be leg bone. He did have a what? I don't know the specific scientific term for it, but he did have a giant walrus <laughs> on his mantelpiece. Bone. Bone. Yes. Yeah. Which I didn't know that there was bones in. Yeah, same. I, don't, I didn't I, know that either. I didn't think there were. That must be a non-fucking-air-the-safety sure But yeah, he... he uh, I have the Wikipedia open now. He, <laughs> um, so essentially, Wallace becomes, like, conditioned and forced to, like, act and behave like a oh, walrus, Mr. Tusk. Um, meanwhile, Wallace's uh, podcasting co-host... Who is actually sleeping with Wallace's girlfriend? Ooh. They 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 start to get all nervous. They're like, "Where's Wallace?" And then they like embark on this quest to go get him. And then Johnny Depp plays a bit, which part. was really funny because during the movie, the the Johnny Depp's character comes up and he, you know, Johnny Depp always gets like really in a costume with makeup and everything. And I looked at him. I'm like. That looks like Johnny Depp, but I just kind of like put it aside. And then I'm like, you know, I'm going to look who this actor is. And I looked it up. I'm like, guys, it is Johnny Depp. Like, this is actually Johnny Depp. Right. And he's this weird, like, 10 minute monologue. Let's talk about the scenes for a second. There was maybe four scenes in the entire <laughs> movie, all like monologues. Just it was really weird. Back and forth. But it wasn't the whole like. time. Yeah, it was. Was there, was there? I'm getting like exasperated. Like, yeah. For example, Howard continue. Like, Howard has this monologue. Howard's the the old man who like kidnaps Wallace. He tells him his backstories and like, yeah, he was a du- duplessis orphan and he was physically and sexually abused for five years by a clergy who fostered him. He then like, and that's delivered as like a very lengthy monologue. And then, but as he's talking about this, he's sewing walrus. Walrus. Wallace. He's sewing Wallace into this, this. But then we don't see Wallace to the very last cut of that scene, which I thought right. was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Also, for the, for when was this movie made? 20, 2014. 14, and yeah. I, I guess the way we can also connect it to <laughs> to MSU Telecasters is this was made by Kevin Smith, who's like kind of a. Kevin Smith is like a fixture in the filmmaking community, not for his successes, and but not necessarily for his failures. It's just like he kind of goes by the beat of his own drum. Right? Do any of you know Kevin Smith well? Not in the no. Slightest. Okay. Well, Kevin, like he's the guy that IMDb has like host their Comic Con panels and stuff. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And he hosts his own podcast. Um, he he's been, he made all these indie <laughs> movies like Clerks. He made like. He, he kind of had this like guerrilla filmmaking start, which I think has almost defined his career in a way. And like, I don't know, just like the the fact that he would make Tusk. I don't, I, well, let's. I don't think we mentioned this, but Tusk was based on a podcast that he, Kevin Smith hosted. Uh, like Kevin Smith and his his buddy. Um, it's they, podcast. They, it's cast, 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 cast. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Podcast, podcast, podcast. It, it, the podcast is called Smodcast, and it's hosted by Kevin Smith and Scott Mo- Mosier. Um, Mosier. Mosier. <laughs> um, and yeah, they had this just long bit which plays during the credits. They just pitched this scenario. They discussed this article featuring this advertisement where a homeowner was offering a living situation free of charge if the lodger agrees to dress as a walrus. And that was the only thing that was in the ad. And then Kevin Smith and his co and Scott were just like, what? And then they were discussing like the logistics of it. And, and then they how just spit stupid ball. it would be. Yeah. And th- yeah, that, that's what they said. How stupid it would be. And then and, they did it. And the, apparently the post, the original post, like the advertisement was actually just a prank. Um, Like it was just some guy like messing I'd, around. I hope it. it was just. A yeah. Prank. So I guess it wasn't real at all. It but was th- a prank and i say that with air quotes and actually oh it looks like the guy who made that prank his name's chris parkinson he became the ap on the, the associate producer on the project <laughs> that that was so weird yeah, making wow. that joke and then being like hey by the way we're gonna make a film of it want to like come help right it's weird to think about though that it all started from just like a stupid bit because like the amount of times like me and my friends just think it's like so stupid but then like after that it's like oh my god that'd be so weird and dope if it was just turning this weird like psychological thriller horror something like yeah um what it like sorry sorry to bother you i haven't seen that but i've been meaning to no oh. it, it's it's very much in that vein it's a really good movie i highly recommend it uh you think the trailer tells you it's gonna be one thing yeah, uh, Justin told me it was like way. Yeah, it does the same thing where it like bridges like a, a a very concise and like I don't know focused story, but then like it goes washes surreal. it surreal with yeah t- complete surrealism. It's so so strange. I like that. Yeah, I like that crap. It was. It's, <laughs> Thank you. It's a. It's really good. Um, and it takes a like actual issue or like a thing that happens in society where. Like black people have to take on a different voice. Uh, to, like they have to like whitewash themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. To like, um, like get jobs, just talk on the phone to people, that kind of thing. Um, and it takes like that actual like issue, like that's a thing that actually happens, and then they they explore it, and then it gets really f-ing weird. Um, right. Which I think is really interesting. It's like an interesting way to explore a social. See, yeah, issue. there's like a social issue that they actually like put a focus on then like explored it and stretch it out mm-hmm. meanwhile with Tusk Tusk is just a bit and like <laughs> here's the ends of the spectrum I, I found a quote from Smith um, he's like uh, I just wanted to showcase Michael Parks who plays the the kidnapper in an effed up story where he could recite some Lewis Carroll or, or the rhyme of the ancient mariner to some poor mother effer sewn in a realistic walrus costume ew <laughs> like mission accomplished <laughs> amazing <laughs> but that's the dreams. thing like regardless of the the final i mean the final project is i think it's safe to say it's entertaining oh yeah maybe not it's in a conventional sense though it's different than anything i've ever seen and i like really gross and gory things and somehow that movie did not sit right with me like yeah. just i don't know what it was like i love that stuff i love like no i literally just, have seen movies and i said it should have had more gore in it <laughs> right like it like genuinely made me it, it's just like uncomfortable oh it's yeah I, speaking or yeah. actually I, you go I first i think the one thing since i watched it before i remember that it did like it was it made me feel uneasy after watching it but watching it the second time and i think probably because i knew what was going to happen but also watching it with like over a dozen people that were there and just everyone talking and like Reacting. cracking jokes yep what made it 
10 times less serious to me, which I really appreciated because it was mm-hmm. funny. And I didn't know about that it was just a bit because I don't watch credits right. ever. But because uh, <laughs> we did, fan. yeah, because we <laughs> did, I realized it was just a bit. And I think telecasters should get to that point someday where we can come up with the most obscure bits and we have the resources to make it into a I movie. I would love that. That would be amazing. I'm going to be that. Uh, I want to be that alumni that just donates a poop ton of money, but just to telecasters. Amazing. But, you know, speaking of uncomfortable movies, there's a movie called uh, Funny Games. Has anybody heard of it? I've not heard of Funny Games. No. Okay, it's a Dutch movie. Uh, They also have a U.S. version, but apparently it's not as good. Uh Um, I had to watch it in one of my film studies classes. We had to stay until the end of the credits. Like, that was just part of the class. Yeah. I have never experienced... You could feel the everyone in the room just wanted to get the f*** out of there. They did not want to be there anymore because this movie used... A lot of empty space, like a lot of just yeah. silence, like dead silence, Ooh. no ambiance, no, uh, like nothing. It was just dead silent. Interesting. And it, like, they would take really long takes after traumatic things happening, and it was, it was objectively good movie. I will never see it again. However, I do want other people to watch it so that they can also experience this genuine unsettling feeling that you get if we're talking about uncomfortable movies i also want to say the joker movie hmm. i really want to see that my girlfriend who made me watch tusk and all the saw films said that it sounded like it was too scary it wasn't well which the parts that were tense. sounds like a cop no it was me. just genuinely uncomfortable like it's really well acted do i but dump the her? content mat the content matter <laughs> just like <laughs> i'm, sorry, Guys, I'm, I'm kidding gonna, i love you i'll put a poll in the uh the description yeah. podcast <laughs> brett dump his girl i'm kidding no. i don't know who you are but you sound nice he loves you well <laughs> i thanks. love you lana Aww. it's been a good two years but if you don't want to see joker it might be time to call it quits <laughs> cord. amazing um yeah Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank you, I Megan. say we as a you, podcast Megan. that yeah. I helped make. I love you guys too. <laughs> Get <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> well, make you know, thank rude. you all for being here. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, George. Thank you, Brett. And I would like to thank myself, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been nearly clickbait. <laughs> <laughs>